chromosomes. Little strands of nucleic acids and proteins are the fundamental genetic instructions that tell us who we are at birth. Most people are born with 46 chromosomes, but each year in the United States, about 6,000 people are born with an extra chromosome, making them a person with Down syndrome. If you've ever encountered someone with Down syndrome, you know that they are some of the kindest, most joyful people you will ever meet. They truly have something extra. My name is Lisa Nichols, and I have spent the last 24 years as both the CEO of Technology Partners and as the mother to Allie. Allie has something extra in every sense of the word. I have been blessed to be by her side as she impacts everyone she meets. Through these two important roles as CEO and mother to Allie, I have witnessed countless life lessons that have fundamentally changed the way I look at the world. While you may not have an extra chromosome, every leader has something extra that defines who you are. Join me as I explore the something extra in leaders from all walks of life and discover how that difference in each of them has made a difference in their companies, their families, their communities, and in themselves. I'm very excited to have Sydney Ryan on the show today. Sid is the Chief Culture Officer and co-founder of Cabby. Sid, I am so excited to actually get to do this podcast with you today. Recently, Atul Tandon, a mutual friend of ours, connected us and said, Lisa, you should have Sid on the podcast and the rest is history. <laughs> we made it happen. So thankful. I love a tool and it's good to meet you. Good. So good to meet you, Lisa. There's so much I want to talk about. You're doing some amazing things. I can't wait for our listeners to hear more about your story, but let's go back a little bit to how you grew up. I know you're a California girl. You grew up in California. I did. I had a little stint in the Midwest. So I have some of those good Midwestern roots, but mostly yes, Southern California girl. So tell me how you grew up. Were you an only child? Did you grow up with siblings? Tell me a little bit about that. So there are four of us. So I had two sisters and a brother. So we had the only boy in there. And we were very outdoorsy, adventurous, athletic. I was a total tomboy, but I loved nothing more than being athletic and outside and on the beach and playing tennis and skiing and in the mountains. And And it was really important to my parents that my dad was an only child. And I think he always wanted a big family and he wanted a close family. So we just were that family that played together, did a lot together. And I grew up near the beach in Southern California. So had a lot of opportunity to be outside a lot and do that. But I am, believe it or not, and if anyone who knows me ever hears this, they'll go, oh, they'll laugh. But I am actually more introverted. So there was a part of me that loved the creative things that I could pursue on my own. So playing with dolls and creating their looks and their outfits, reading, writing, drawing. So I had, there was a big part of that in me as well. My parents used to laugh. There's pictures of me as a little girl sitting on the beach building sand castles, drip castles. And my dad would sit there and think, oh, she's all alone. And he'd come up and say, hey, do you want some company? I'd say, no, I'm fine. I'm happy. So it's kind of interesting that I would end up in a business surrounded by 3,000 women <laughs> and counting 
thing. And I just think God knew I needed lots of fun relationships so I wouldn't go into my cave too much. Right. But it kind of sounds like that kind of centered you too. You know, like being able to have that alone time. And and we could probably do a whole podcast on that because I'm a very extroverted person, but I also love alone time to really stay centered. So you went on and I know that you were in advertising for a while in LA, but you did that for a while. And then I believe you started having your children and then something was rumbling inside of you to say, hmm, you know, maybe I don't want to be traveling as much and, and that sort of thing. So how did what you're doing today, how did that all come about, Sid? So before we founded Cabbie, I was an executive in the advertising world, loved what I did. And I traveled 90% of the time to be with my clients, got married. And after a couple years of marriage, my husband and I really wanted to start a family. So this gets a little more vulnerable with you, but we weren't able to do so on the timeline that we thought it would happen. So as many say, we were definitely reproductively challenged. And after quite a few years, we decided, well, what are we going to do about this? And I realized that my career, uh, everybody else needed me, my clients, my coworkers. I was traveling all the time. And so it became clear that I had to make a choice. So I chose to leave that career. Well, it was soon after that, about a few months into not working, which is something I had never done since I was probably 12 years old. (laughs) I had a great garden. I'll just say that. I had a dear friend who said, you know, Sid, you've always wanted to be in the fashion industry, but you chose business. You went another way. Maybe this is your chance. And I said, I love that idea. You know how friends do that for you. She said, I have someone I want to introduce you to. And she introduced me to Carol Anderson. Well, Carol Anderson is the namesake designer and the company that we built Cabby on. Cabby stands for Carol Anderson by invitation. So I met Carol and I actually started working with her. So I would be part of her merchandise team and help, you know, with the creation of the line. And I absolutely loved it. And I was able to do it more on my calendar as my husband and I pursued how were we going to have medical intervention and what was it going to look like? Were we going to adopt? Like we knew we were destined to have a family. We just didn't know what our story would be. So lo and behold, after about eight or nine years of trying and through IVF, we had our first child. And it was about that time that we also started Cabby. So for me, I was passionate about starting a company where a woman really could build something, use her gifts and talents, but call her own shots. And that's really what was important to me. Right. And that's what you've done. Sorry, but I should say, we went on and had two more children. So today I have a 22-year-old son, a 17-year-old son, and wait for it, a 13-year-old daughter. That is so awesome. And I just think... There was something that I read, and I'm hoping that maybe you will remember it better than I do, but you said that there's studies and research that shows 85% of the women are really not completely happy with their life. I think, I mean, we can say that we can do all these things, right? That we can raise a family and we can do things in the community and we can have a career that's amazing. 
but it's hard. And so what you guys have done with Cabbie, you say, you know, women can have their own business, but they are not by themselves. We say definitely have your own business, but you are not in business alone. Yes, which is so cool. So I really want to get into that. Again, Carol Anderson by invitation, that's where Cabbie comes from. But you started in what, 2002, 2001? Yeah, we just celebrated 19 years. So 2002. Congratulations. That's awesome. And now you have 3,500 stylists, but go back and tell the listeners kind of how it works because it is a multi-level marketing, but not in the traditional sense that you would think of. No, it's actually not what you would call multi-level marketing because there's a very key distinction which would make a business model that, and ours is not that. It is social selling. It's direct to the consumer. And And one of the things that we knew would be important is women are so relational, right? I mean, that's just how we are wired. And so our whole idea was we saw firsthand what has now been termed the retail apocalypse. So 19 years ago, it was all starting 20 years ago or so. And we saw what was happening in the retail world and how it was getting more risk adverse. And of course, in the fashion world, that's not something you want. So the clothing offering was getting more and more blah. There was less invested in actually hiring and training people who really cared and and knew how to service people and serve them well. So all of this was starting to happen. And we had this aha moment where we thought, Well, if we continue to hook our wagon to this dying retail channel, we'll go in the same direction. What if we took our beautiful clothing and this idea of really serving women and gathering women together in a relational and fun environment? What if we did that and we just took it direct and got rid of the middleman? So that was the beginning. That was the first big aha. And it was really out of a problem to be solved. Thought, okay, women need to reinvent the way they shop, but hand in hand, we can create a business opportunity where they can recreate the way they work as well. So that statistic you referred to was more women not happy with their work life because there was no ability to call their own shots. And I think the lie that especially my generation of women bought into was you can be it all, have it all, and do it all. Well, that is kind of true, no doubt, but not at the same time. Right. So we really wanted a business where women could ebb and flow with the seasons of their life. It's like you may be trying to do it all, but I'm telling you there's going to be something that suffers if you're trying to do it all full out in a traditional way, right? So I think this is so amazing though. And you can talk about this. You guys have two scoops, what you call two scoops a year which is kind of your sales rah-rah. And we'll talk about how you had to do it this year because obviously you had to change. Katie Malone is your VP of marketing and events. And she was addressing the crowd one year, two years ago, I guess, in one of the scoops. And she said, Uber is the world's largest personal transportation company that owns no vehicles. Airbnb is the world's largest accommodations company that owns no hotels. Could Cabbie become the world's largest women's fashion retailer with personalized styling that owns no stores? I just love that, you know, because the stores are really people's homes, right? Absolutely. And now we even get to do it virtual. So think about who Cabbie is and our 
primary, almost sole way of doing what we do and generating income disappeared overnight. Mm -hmm. When the shutdowns and the lockdowns happened and it disappeared overnight. And thankfully, we had already been creating a virtual platform. Not because we knew, trust me, we aren't conspiracy theorists. We didn't know that a pandemic was coming. But what we did know is women want to shop in the comfort of their own home. They want to be able to decide how, when, and where they want to shop. And so what we did is we thought, well, how can we modernize the way we do this, but still bring women together, connect women? Oh my gosh, Lisa, little did we know I look back and I'm so thankful. So a couple years ago, you know, inspired by kind of this idea of what Peloton was doing and how they were able to make you feel like you were in a New York studio working out with all these fun people. We thought, hey, if they can do that, we can do that with shopping and with fashion and with connecting women. So our IT team set out to create what we now call Front Row. Because it is like you are at the front row of a fashion show. As a stylist, I can connect women from everywhere, not just those that can drive to my home, that it can be women everywhere that can jump on, they can see each other, they can interact, they get to see a beautiful fashion show, and they can shop with me there as their stylist to really help them. And I know I know their body types, I know their situations, I, I know what they love to wear, I know their personal style, and I... It's just a wonderful way that women can shop. But I'll tell you this, during the last year, it has been so much more than just the clothes. I mean, it always is for us at camp, but it's been about connecting women and bringing us out of isolation. And I know as stylists, our cabbie stylists, they just feel grateful that they get to do that for women. It's really cool. I love that. There's so much more I want to talk about, but we need to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Sid Ryan. Are you a rising IT leader? Could you benefit from a network of like-minded peers? Let me introduce you to the St. Louis Technology Leadership Experience. This one-of-a-kind program gathers cohorts of IT professionals for three workshops, peer small group problem solving, one-on-one mentoring by IT executives, and multiple networking events. You'll be prepared for your next steps as an IT leader by gaining core leadership competencies and a strong, powerful network of peers. To apply for our next TechLX cohort, visit tpi.co slash TLX. So welcome back. Sid, here's the thing. I want people to understand, Cabby, it's not just a little boutique in California. You guys have built something incredibly substantial in the short amount of time that you have been around. I mean, I read that pre-COVID, you were at over $250 million in revenue a year. That is a substantial business. It is. And, you know, obviously COVID has taken everybody back a few steps. But what we do know, and if you read anything in Fashion Insiders and any kind of business reports, The scary thing is traditional retail, they believe, probably won't recover to pre-COVID performance until 2023 or 2024. Well, all indications for us, we are so thankful, is that we will get there much, much sooner. And it really is because there is this one thing that also all the industry insiders are saying is so critical. And there are a couple trends out there. You know, you need to have virtual abilities. You need to have great e-commerce. All of these things are important. 
But there's this one thing that's kind of like secret sauce that everybody out there is trying to figure out how to do. And that is how to have relationship with your customer. And female customers, consumers, they expect that and demand that now. They want to have an experience and they want to have a relationship with a brand. And we feel that that's who we've always been. Our creed for our brand 19 years ago, and it's never changed, is to affect lives through relationships. So whether we're developing, like I said earlier, a virtual format and platform or however the way we do business might change. So the way we do things might change, but the why will never change. And so we're kind of ahead of the curve. You've always been doing business that way. I love that. Sid, there was a time when you had a birthday lunch with some of your fabulous girlfriends and you were so excited about this lunch. And I want you to take me back to that day. Tell the listeners the question that you asked your your girlfriends. So I was very excited. It was so sweet that we all gathered in a friend's home and we were sitting around her big dining room table. And I'd had this idea ahead of time and I actually had a book for them. And it was this simple book that took you through pages that were all very graphic and asked fun questions, but it helped you think about what's your big, bold dream? Like, do you have like a dream in life that you haven't pursued yet? And I found this cute little book in a gift store somewhere. And I thought, oh, and so I bought that for all my friends. I passed it around. I kind of blush even looking back on this. And then I jumped in and I said, okay, I'd love to go around the table. And I want to know what's your dream. Now, for all of you to know, Every one of my friends had a family. They were all moms and they were pretty much in that season of life of kids still at home, still in school. Well, they all one by one started answering and saying, I don't think I have a dream anymore. One of my friends said, it's kind of about everybody else's dream right now, right? And I have to admit, and I've shared this with all of them, my heart just started to sink And there was a part of me that I was a little, not embarrassed, but like, wow, I maybe should have been a little more thoughtful before I just threw that question out there because it didn't intend to make anyone feel badly. It just taught me a lot about how we as women put our dreams aside. And understandably, there are reasons there. I get it. But I just think it's a part of how we were created. We each get this We have been created with a unique dream. It's kind of been etched on our heart. And I think that not only do we individually, but our family, our friends, our communities, and and even the world really needs us to step into that. I learned a lot at that birthday luncheon, and maybe I could have been a little more subtle or a little better at how I did it, but you probably have read Simon Sinek's work on the power of why and and it's huge for me. And he has a formula in how he talks about how you develop a statement around your why. And it's basically two blank. And that first blank is what your contribution is. And then you say, so that, and the second blank is the impact that you want your contribution to have. And mine is to help others discover and inspire them to pursue their unique dream. So that's the contribution I want to make so that the world doesn't miss out. And so that is what has always driven me in life. So it's probably fun to see, like you've said, it came full circle and why I'm doing what I do now. 
But that was my birthday lunch story. Well, the world is better off. This is like something extra, right? I always say everyone was uniquely gifted. Yes. But if you don't put your gift out in the world, it's of no value. Right. I gave you a gorgeous gift that's beautifully wrapped and you never opened that gift. So I always say the world needs your something extra. Step into that. So we do need to still be dreaming big, hairy, audacious dreams. Let's don't stop that. It's not just for children. Mm -hmm. So we have to talk about the heart of the Cabbie Foundation, because I know this is foundational (laughs) to Cabbie and the Cabbie story. So you're doing so much and that it's going to bring us kind of full circle back to OI, how you and I got connected, but you've got the Sisters Entrepreneur Program, you've got the making the change, you know, all kinds of things. So tell our listeners about that. When we started, we had a dream of being successful enough that we could have a foundation someday that would do good all around the world. And we thought the best way to do that would be to mirror what we see Cabbie doing for women in the United States and the United Kingdom and Canada, which is giving women an opportunity, a financial opportunity, which is huge for women and one where they can do it while living out the other responsibilities in their life. We want to be a part of something like that all around the world. Well, enter Opportunity International. And their small business loans, really, I see that they wrote the book on it. They are the best and they know how to do it in a way where you are literally changing an economy. You are changing communities. You're changing lives. And so we partnered with Opportunity International and we came up with this idea of providing small business loans for women in developing countries. Well, after a few years of that, we got so excited about the stories we were hearing. And, you know, it has a multiple effect of like one loan impacts like five or more lives, you know? So we really saw the leveraging of investing like this and we got super excited. And then we were came up against the conundrum of how can we do more? We just need to do more of this. Well, we are a for-profit company. So we're like, we have to do this in a fiscally responsible way. And we had this big aha. What if, so when a woman launches a business, when she launches her cabbie business, what that represents to cabbie is more revenue coming in because we have more representation out there in the market. And so we thought, perfect, that actually makes fiscal sense. When a woman launches her business, she can launch a small business loan. And we thought, let's call them sister entrepreneurs. So when a woman launches her cabbie business, she actually gets a real sister entrepreneur. She gets a bio sheet. She knows the woman's name, where she lives, a little bit about her family, a lot about her business and her why and her goals and dreams. And those are treasured by our stylists. Literally, they put them in frames. They share them with their community. It's really powerful work that we do. So that's our Sister Entrepreneur Program. So cool. I absolutely love that. And you've got 3,500 stylists now, right? Close to that. Yeah. Over 3,000 stylists. And we have generated... I think over 17,500 small business loans so far have been funded. And we're really partnering in Rwanda now. We have a lot of sister entrepreneurs in Rwanda. And we have traveled there numerous times and met with them, visited their businesses. And they said to us about a year or so ago, they said, you guys, what we need now, education, which is not free in many of these countries. 
And so they asked us, could you partner with us now on a consortium of schools in Rwanda so we can get more children educated, which will even kind of fast track this battle against poverty that we have. And until COVID hit, a tool said to us, we could eradicate extreme poverty in our lifetime. And COVID has definitely made a hit on this, on our efforts. But that's why we just want to double down even more. Right. To have him say that to us was everything. He believes it with everything in his being. And this will be over. That's right. But we need to be ready to, like you said, double down, Sid. So this is something extra. I have to ask you, what do you believe is the something extra that every leader needs? There's so many things. But if I had to pick one, I would say the ability to stop slow down, and really listen. And this is especially in a woman's organization. You know, women need to feel known. We need to feel safe in order to step in to trying new things and to grow. We've often seen it that you have to create that safe web of relationships in order for our brains, especially a female brain, to operate at its highest level. And so I really believe that as a leader, especially leading women, I need to know how to really listen and be able to tune in to what she's saying, what her needs are, and how I can then come alongside. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, Sid, you know, I want to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners about something coming up, or do you want to talk to them more about how they can get involved in Cabby? As a brand, as a company, we've been around for almost 20 years. We literally formed on the heels of 9-11. And then in 2007, 8, 9, we went through here in the U.S., a big recession. Lots of husbands and wives losing their jobs. Cabby exists for a time such as this. You know, I've just read recently that they're calling what's happening right now with women not just losing their jobs, but actually choosing to leave their jobs because of the demands at home. They're calling it the she session. And so I just feel like this is why Cabby exists. And so for women out there that are thinking, I need something where I can put first things first, but I can generate income for my family, but I can do it on my own terms. That's what we've created. That's what Cabby's here for. And I would just love women to know there's nothing we love more than inviting them into our story. Um, We need the richness that diverse women bring. And it's an incredible financial opportunity for women without having to give up and compromise maybe some of their core things that are important to them. Well, I hope you have some women that reach out to you. Go to the Cabby site. What's the URL for Cabby? It's cabbyonline.com. All right. Very yeah. good. Well, Sid, thanks a lot again Thank for being you. on the show. I have absolutely loved our time together. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's show. Something Extra with Lisa Nichols is a Technology Partners production. Copyright Technology Partners, Inc., 2019. For show notes or to reach Lisa, visit tpi.co slash podcast. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen.